Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What's everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 164 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark. I would hang on Twitter slash X, and I am here shortly after Auburn's emphatic win over Alabama in Neville Arena, the 99-81 win over the Alabama Crimson Tide. And I'll talk about that game in just a second. I want to go ahead and reach out and tell y'all, make sure you like, comment, subscribe. So love, love the support we've getting from the show recently. And I'm going to get right into the football news. Uh, in case you were wondering about if Auburn was going to hire a defensive line coach anytime soon, they have. They have promoted uh, Vontrell King-Williams to Auburn's, to the defensive line coach. He worked last year as the defensive line analyst and kind of like an intern or an assistant uh, to, to the D-line. Uh, now he has a chance to actually coach up the D-line all by himself now that Jeremy Garrett has moved on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, looking at it, I, I was listening to some people talk about it. There's a question mark on his ability to recruit, but I have seen a lot, a lot, a lot of recruits come out and say that they have uh, they really like Vontrell uh, King-Williams. And one of those guys being Jordan Crawford, a 2025 uh, commit who is a four star who is going to be very good for the Tigers in the future because that kid is legit. Uh, but that's the key factor there is you don't really know how well he can recruit, but you know that recruits like him, so that's kind of a positive sign in his in his factor. Uh, this guy is also uh, coached at Eastern Michigan, uh, where he was the coach over Max Crosby. If you watch the NFL, you know who Max Crosby is. He's one of the top defensive end slash edge rushers in the league right now for the Raiders. And he has worked as a graduate assistant under Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Uh, I think it's a, I, I think that's a, a good promotion. Uh, it's a guy that the staff loves and the players love as well. Uh, I don't think you can really go wrong with that. It's a guy who coached under Jeremy Garrett, so you pretty much assume that he can coach as well as Jeremy Garrett. And I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I want to see how this plays out. Auburn's defensive line was a was a position that is going to be losing a lot of star power. I mean, you're losing Marcus Harris. For one, but you're returning a lot of guys who are able to perform well. You're bringing back Jason Jones, and of course, you brought in a couple of transfers, and you're bringing back Jalen McLeod, Keldrick Falk, and a few other guys on the edge rusher defensive end position. But it's going to be a lot of fun to see how this staff pans out. It finally seems like this coaching staff is complete, and I am knocking on wood because last time we said that. Uh, uh, Jeremy Garrett went to the NFL, and we had the whole we had a whole other coaching search we had to worry about for the Auburn Tigers. 
But yeah, I think this is a good promotion from inside. Uh, and uh, that's pretty much all I have really on that. I have to do more research on what he can uh, on more of his resume. But coaching at Max Crosby is a pretty good resume builder, if you ask me. But if recruits like him, I'll stand by it. Uh, and then in terms of recruiting, yesterday was signing day, uh, national signing day uh, out of the two of them. Auburn did not sign anybody that I saw. I know I think Amon Lane officially signed, but also he had his intent to sign the first time around. Uh, but a very quiet signing day for the Auburn Tigers. And Alabama signed Ryan Williams. That became official. Uh, was something we expected to happen regardless. But I just want to spend this time to do a little recap of the 2024 recruiting class that is coming in because we've been talking about this class ever since the end of the last recruiting cycle because this class is one of the best recruiting classes in in Auburn history. And it might I just add, it's the second best wide receiver class of all time. Let me rephrase. Let me say that again. This is the second best recruiting class for the wide receiver position of all time. You have Cam Coleman, five-star. You have Perry Thompson, five-star. And I'm saying that because they, they got incorrectly got rid of his fourth-star or his fifth-star. You have Bryce Kane and Malcolm Simmons coming in. Of course, you have a walk-on Dylan Gentry. The freeze five, if you will, that make up the second-best recruiting class for the wide receiver position of all time. And that's just not Auburn. That's not Auburn history. That's not Alabama, state of Alabama history. That is college football history. Second best wide receiver class of all time because these kids are coming in. And honestly, I have I, there's an argument for all of them to be uh, available to start. I, I don't want to say start. Uh, get like reasonable playing time as true freshmen. Malcolm Simmons, I think, could step out and become Auburn's kick returner or punt returner right away. Uh, and that's if Keontae Scott wants to give up punt return privileges uh, for a little bit. But Malcolm Simmons is a dog. Uh, and again, uh, this is a kid that I, I've watched a lot of tape on, on Malcolm Simmons, and he is just really good. I don't know how the scouts would pass him getting a fifth star because he is just that good coming out of Benjamin Russell. Uh, and that's a that's a team I got to hear a lot about uh, uh, being where uh, where being where I'm from in Elmer County. So a, a lot of a lot of fun uh, on, from this wide receiver room. Uh, and this can't go off without starting about the fact that the quarterback of the future is on his way and actually is in Auburn as we speak. Walker White, an early enrollee, uh, is gonna this every single single thing I've heard about Walker White seems like he is ready for the college game. I don't think he starts right away, but definitely a guy that 2025, 2026, 2027, looking at a guy who's going to be there and probably be the starter as soon as he is prepared and ready for the college game. Uh, but a huge player, one of the huge recruiters of this recruit of this uh, recruiting cycle, uh, turned a lot of these guys into Auburn, uh, Auburn likelies and, and eventually Auburn signees. But yeah, huge pickup of Walker White. Demarcus Riddick. I got to talk about Demarcus Riddick because it's probably one of my favorite pickups of this recruiting class. A athletic freak of a linebacker who I have already stated that I think is going to get maybe not. He's not going to get starting time because of Eugene Asante and Austin Keys, but he's going to be right there behind one of those two guys just because that's how good Demarcus Riddick is athletically. And of course, you have Amaris Williams and Jamonta Waller, the two fo former Florida commits turned Auburn signees that I think are going to uh, rain havoc whenever they are ready to start. I don't know if they start right away. They're definitely guys that have the talent to do that. 
but Auburn has pretty loaded those defensive end and edge rusher positions, especially with Jalen McLeod and Kendrick Falk right there in the starting positions. So that's going to be a lot of fun seeing how they develop over time. Joseph Phillips, linebacker out of Booker T. Washington, a guy who was a Georgia lean for the longest time and then all of a sudden came up and committed and signed with Auburn. Uh, another guy that I'm very happy to see is going to be a pass rusher. And that's how I see him. Probably going to be switching to the edge position maybe or, or outside linebacker. Uh, a guy that I'm very excited to see play as well. Caleb Harris, Malik Blockton, uh, a couple and Jalen. Uh, I'll get uh, I'll go position by position. Got two safeties and Kinsley Faustin, who was his birthday yesterday, and Caleb Harris. Two safeties coming in. Caleb Harris out of Thompson and Kinsley Faustin out of Naples, Florida. Uh, two guys who are very athletic safeties, uh, and that's a position Auburn needs to build some depth on. You built. You've got two guys uh, coming in and Jaron Thompson out of Texas. Uh, as a transfer, and you, have, of course, have Laquan Robinson, who I, I for, of course, if you've heard the show before, you know how I feel about Laquan Robinson. He is a top safety uh, for this team already. I think he's going to fit in real well as a starter. Caleb Harris, Kinley Foster, and guys I see coming in later on in, in, in their career, maybe year three, maybe, uh, of them at Auburn. And they're definitely going to be uh, part of that rotation. Malik Blockton, uh, I've, I've heard <laughs> the, the school I teach at, I asked some questions about Malik Blockton. They played Pike Road this year, and they had a whole strategy for him. You have, see where he is on the off, on the defensive line, and you go the other way. Uh, definitely, I've heard another. I've only heard raving reviews from Malik Blockton, a uh, guy that I think is criminally. I think part of the most underrated player uh, in this recruiting cycle and uh, in, in recruiting class. Uh, he's just a kid that's six. He's six four, two seventy five. He's strong. He's fast. He can get off of a block. Not nobody's business. Uh, he's going to be a lot of fun to watch in the years to come. TJ Lindsay, another edge rusher out of IMG, definitely another underrated player uh, coming out of IMG. You know, IMG is basically a, a college at the high school level. Uh, a lot of talent there from him as well. D'Angelo Barber, another guy I think is kind of underrated in terms of the fact that uh, he he was a key contributor to that Clay Chalkville State Championship this past year. He made the game-winning tackle uh, right outside the end zone to win Clay Chalkville that game. Uh, another just athletic freak. Uh, linebacker, he's strong, he's fast, he can make any tackle on the field. Uh, definitely a guy that I think definitely shouldn't be a three-star. Nigga, the offensive lineman, favor Edwin and DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter, a guy I think is, could have started right away, but I think this offensive line kind of built up a lot of veteran leadership. Uh, and I, I think DeAndre Carter is going to be part of the rotation in year one, but I don't think he's going to be a starter. Favor Edwin. Uh, the size you, he is the exact size you want out of an offensive line. He is six foot six, 300 pounds. Definitely going to be a developmental piece of this offensive line. Maybe year two, three, you're going to see a lot of him on this offensive line. Same thing with Seth Wilfred, a uh, guy coming in out of Snow College, the Juco, the same Juco that Keontae Scott came from. I see a lot of potential in Seth Wilfred. Uh, and he was a Juco player of the year or a all American Juco. I think that's what it was called. Uh, one of the top linemen in, in the JUCO ranks and definitely a guy that, again, I'm speaking very highly of all these guys, but I just seen some, so much tape on all, of, on all of these kids, and I'm just so excited to watch these kids play. And then the last thing I'm going to talk about is the cornerbacks. You have Jalen Crawford and Amon Lane Gainis. Uh, they, these two are Auburn defensive backs written all over them. These two are hard-nosed, man-to-man guys who are going to disrupt passes and going to have that annoying, annoying defense that gets wide receivers mad. Uh, these are two guys I'm very excited to watch play. Amon Lane, a four-star, 
Jalen Crawford three star was a four star, definitely deserves that four star. Uh, but as an Auburn fan, I do tend to think that everybody deserves to be higher higher ranked, if depending on if they signed with Auburn or not. But uh, this class is good enough for number seven in the country, and it's not the only recruiting class right now that Hugh Freeze has that is number seven in the country. Because if you thought that Auburn twenty twenty four class was good, this twenty twenty five class is potentially has a good chance of being better. Uh, Auburn did pick up the commit of 2025 tight end Hollis Davidson the third uh, two days ago as the show comes out. Tight end out of uh, Peachtree City, Georgia, McIntosh High School, a six foot five, two thirty eight. As uh, a guy who I I've watched the film on him, he's not really going to be your pass threat. Uh, he may, he does make a lot of great catches and can get open and can high point the ball. I did see that a lot of his film. But what really surprised me about him was his ability to block downfield. That's what he was primarily – that's what primarily of his highlights were about was his ability to block downfield. He can read a play. If he sees a running back getting the check down, he is right there to bulldoze the corner. He is just a hard-nosed blocking tight end. And the good thing about this is Auburn's getting two tight ends in this recruiting class as long as they can withhold them. And I know it's kind of hard in the recruiting world to keep a hold of a lot of guys, especially guys that are a year away. Uh, but this recruiting class also is pretty darn good. Uh, and Ryan Gee, another tight end that I think is going to be another pass-catching threat, uh, kind of getting a, 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 a dual threat at the tight end position with those two. Uh, but the seventh – 2025 has eight commits currently number seven in the country right now of class 2025 with Malik Autry, the four star out of Opelika, Antonio Coleman, the four star out of Sarah and both those guys defensive linemen, Ja'Kayla Falk, the four star out of Highland Home, Alabama, edge rusher, also the little brother of Keldrick Falk, and of course Jordan Crawford, the four star defensive lineman out of Birmingham, Kalen Edwards, a three star defensive lineman out of Dyersburg, Tennessee. Then you have Ryan Gee and Hollis Davidson. Both, I'm, a, I'm just going to go to the higher ranked websites here, four-star tight ends, and then rank it, lastly, from Athens, Alabama, Spencer Dowland, off to tackle, another three-star. This class is going to be, and if this doesn't age well, I'm good, I'm sorry, but I'm knocking on wood. This number, this 2025 class is going to be better than the 2024 class, ranking-wise. I don't know about player-wise. Ranking-wise, I think this team is going to be, this has the potential to be a top five, top three class as long as you can hold on to every single one of these players that you already have committed and of course uh, add some more to it uh but yeah that's my recruiting outlook and that's my football talk for this first 12 first 13 for roundup first 14 minutes of the show and before we get to basketball because i am very excited to talk about this basketball game that transpired last night uh i just want to go and let y'all know y'all should like comment and subscribe leave your thoughts on this auburn 2024 recruiting class who who's your Who's the biggest pickup Auburn got? And who has the chance to be an immediate starter right away? What are your thoughts on Vontrell King-Williams being promoted to defensive line coach? And, of course, don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe yet again. Uh, we are getting so close to 800 subscribers. I think we're at 749 as I am talking right now. Uh, so getting close to 750, very close to 750, but getting even closer to 800. And we cannot, I, we cannot speak more about how much we appreciate the love and support that we get from all of y'all. If you want another way to support the show, it does cost a little bit of money. The other three don't cost any money. This one does. It's only $25 though. You can go to the warport.com, go to the shop. And of course you can get your own college, the warport sponsored college loop feeling loopy t-shirt that comes in five different colorways. 
comes in navy, heather navy, black, heather black, and midnight, heather gray. This shirt is the most comfortable shirt in the world. We have gotten raving reviews about the comfort- comfortability of this shirt. Uh, 10 out of 10 doctors would, re- would recommend, but sadly, 9 out of 10 dentists re- recommend because just that one guy just never wants to agree with anybody. But this shirt is a certified banger, I must say. It's the most comfortable shirt, again, you will ever own in your entire life. I put my Auburn hats on that. And you know how much I love my Auburn hats, uh, or hats in general. I have a whole pile of hats over here waiting to get another uh, one of these hat holders. Uh, I am trying so desperately to get every single FBS team uh, <laughs> that I possibly can. That's uh, that I currently have 60 hats. I want to say 60, 60 different teams. Uh, one of them, not really FBS or FCS uh, or it's Hofstra. I don't know if Hofstra, Hofstra thinks FCS, but I don't know if they actually have a football team that I don't think they, I don't know if they do or not. That's not me. I'm, this is not the Hofster channel, so don't get mad at me if I got that wrong. But Auburn basketball last night was the Iron Bowl of basketball, Neville Arena edition, where the Auburn Tigers beat down Alabama 99 to 81. A little bit of garbage time points in there for Alabama because the starters did come out. And uh, starters, the 10 guy, the 11 guy rotation came out of the game uh, for the last two minutes of that ball game. But this is a game Auburn had from the get-go. Auburn went into halftime with a 14-point lead. Uh, second half shooting was a bit abysmal. Uh, looking at it, just, I'm going to start with the negative and go to the positive after that. In the second half, Auburn shot 8 of 28 from the field. That's 28.5% from the field. Shot 1 of 8 from the three-point line. Free throws, though, <laughs> shot a lot of those. And I can't get mad at that percentage uh, for that. So, sticking with the negatives here, I uh, that's about as far as I can really get into. Uh, not a lot of bad things to say about this game. Uh, Auburn had the control of this game from tip-off when they won it. Uh, Trey Donaldson has shown that he is the guy at the point guard position. Let Auburn in assists today with four. Also had, I want to say, a season-high 14 points for Trey Donaldson. Also threw up six rebounds as well. Shot four for four from the free throw line. Uh, Auburn also... Just want to go and put this out there. Only had five turnovers in this contest, forcing 15 on Alabama. And, you know, just every single sport applies to this matter. If you lose the turnover battle, pretty much assumes you're going to lose the ball game. And Auburn did just that. Auburn also had 12 blocks to Bama's five. And, of course, had 13 steals to Alabama's two. Now to go to some of the other positives of this, Auburn shot 80% from the free throw line. They shot 42% from the field, and they shot maybe a little too many threes. I'm not getting too mad about though, because you won, and it's kind of hard to get mad at you when you win. Uh, but there's some key key winners to this game. Key winners uh, on the Auburn side. And I'm going to start off with the guy who's probably the least probable guy that you're going to hear me talk about in this. Chris Moore absolutely stepped up defensively for the Auburn Tigers. Didn't put up any points, but five rebounds. He had had three assists. He had, I think, one block and three steals. Defensively, Chris Moore might have been the best player on the court defensively. Uh, And that's me saying that alongside Janai Broom's five blocks. He he was up there, though. Chris Moore put the hustle into this game through and through. Every single one of those 15 minutes that he was in the game, he was – uh, strike to stripe running 
getting steals, getting blocks, getting defensive stops. This is the best Chris Moore that we've seen all season. And that no, that's probably not me saying very much because we've been kind of very critical of Chris Moore. Uh, this is one of the few games I've watched this year, and I was like, dang, Chris Moore probably deserves to start more. Uh, he's That's just how good defensively he was tonight. But this whole team was good defensively uh, as a whole. I mean, Auburn gave up 25 points to Mark Sears, which is going to happen whenever you play a player that is at the, the highest caliber that Mark Sears is. But a guy who is known for his ability to shoot the three very, very well was held to only three attempts from the three-point line and only made one of them. Auburn had his Bruce Pearl had a scheme for this game, and that was get him Mark Sears' face at the three-point line. Katie Johnson had a great defensive game, and I know a couple of shots towards the end of the game. He's probably a lot of those missed shots in the second half. But Katie Johnson, in 21 minutes, put up seven points, but also got one assist, one block, and three steals, which was tied for the career for the game for the team high with Chris Moore. Uh, just an absolute great game defensively from the entire just team in general. But it's worth highlighting offensively. Jalen Williams puts up a career high 26 points against Alabama. Uh, he did that shooting, making eight out of 13 of his field goals, nine out of 10 free throws, making only one three pointer this game but also had two blocks, one steal, and six rebounds, as well as Janai Broom, his partner in crime, put up 24 points, had two steals, five blocks, two assists, and seven rebounds. Also shot nine for 11 for the free throw line. The fact that I'm sitting here talking about this Auburn basketball team, the team that we were talking about so early on this season, just absolutely sucking. I can say that because it's my team from the free throw line. And now we're watching games where they're winning, the, they're winning because they got 40 out of their 99 points from the free throw line. And some of that could be the fact that the, the refereeing of this game was very, very bad, uh, both sides. Uh, very soft calls uh, throughout the entire game. Uh, and, it's, I, I again, I it was bad both ways. Uh, Auburn also had 24 second chance points, 26 fast break points. They had 40 points in the paint. They had 22 points off of turnovers, 31 points off of the bench, and th- it's – that's just the story right there. Alabama, 10 points off turnovers, eight points off the bench, eight fast break points, 12 second chance points. Uh, this is just the poetry uh, watching this Auburn team play at a high level. And I tweeted this out. And I'm going to say it again because when this Auburn basketball team is playing at this high of a level, like they were last night, tonight, last night, whichever one, they might be the best team in the country whenever they're playing at all cylinders like this. And I know it's kind of the, the thing of any, any fan can say that. If my team's playing the best brand of basketball against any other team in the country, then yeah, they're the best team. No no team in, in, in college basketball right now has the depth that Auburn does. It has the ability to have every single one of them hit on all cylinders at the same time. That's what This is the kind of game you get when you have that. Alabama's a good team. And Auburn just found a way to absolutely take it to them. And doing it in their way and their brand that they want to do to teams. I mean, we're talking about an Auburn, we're talking about an Alabama basketball team that was one of the, I think maybe one of the best three-point shooting teams in the country, not just SC, in the country. Mark Sears shooting 44% from the the three-point line. Held them to 34%, nine for 26 from the three-point line. Held them to 37% from the field. And 
that that's just outstanding defense that you want to see game in a game out. And Auburn does not just have it easy from here on out. They still have Tennessee on the schedule. They still have Kentucky on the schedule. They have Georgia left on the schedule. And Georgia's not a pushover like they have been in the past. This is that Georgia team could cause some damage to this Auburn team if they are not prepared. But this Auburn team is getting dangerously close if you're someone if you're the other teams in the conference in the country to finding a streak and getting on it. And with the depth they have, if they get streaky, they can make it last throughout the tournament. And I don't want to, I don't want to jinx anything and say Auburn is a national championship contender, which they are, but I want to say they're going to make it all the way. But this team, if they hit on all cylinders, there's another team in the country they can't beat. Uh, you see that tonight. And with Trey Donaldson leading the charge at the, at the point guard position, Aiden Holloway coming in, Still seeing points where he's struggling, but definitely seeing better shots taken out of Aiden Holloway. Uh, you're seeing growth, a lot, a lot of growth from this team. That's what you want to see. So, Devlin, they Auburn is a team to look out for uh, in the future, and they do have the Florida Gators coming up on the tenth. That is Saturday. I am sorry, my throat is killing me right now. Yeah, on Saturday, Auburn will take on the Florida Gators, who. This game is going to be played in the swamp, uh, and that is the team. That is a place where most teams go to die, regardless. So, a team, nonetheless, Auburn should be very wary of. Excuse me. Uh, Florida coming into this game just after losing to Texas A&M uh, on the third, and I believe they've played tonight, if I remember correctly, or last night or today, whichever one. Making sure that they had oh they had they had a long break so they had a long break for Auburn coming into this game. Uh, guys, look out for Florida. Walter Clayton, guy averaging 15 points a game, as well as Zion Pullen, also averaging 15 a game. Uh, they have a guy down in, in the paint who's getting 8.4 rebounds a game. That's only 0.4 less than Jai Broom is averaging before the Bama game. Uh, this is a team that isn't the best in the world currently. They're sixth in the SEC. Uh, but with only four losses in the conference, this is still a team Auburn needs to be very wary of. This is not a, this is not a you cannot let the Bama win distract you from the fact that the SEC has got a gauntlet, and Auburn has a gauntlet throughout the rest of the season. Uh, their two leading scorers are both averaging around forty percent from the three point line. Uh, they are averaging eighty percent from the free throw line. They are. Zion Pullen is 5.1 assists per game against facilitator of the basketball. This is not a team. This is not a team that's going to go as deep as Auburn does. That's the that's always going to be the perks of of watching Auburn play is the fact they have the depth to make it all 40 minutes of the game. But we've seen several Auburn teams go, several better Auburn teams go into the swamp and lose. I don't think that's going to happen on the 10th. I don't think Auburn's going to win. I do think it's going to be like probably, I'm going to say 82-74. It's going to be a tough game nonetheless because Auburn just finds ways to struggle in the swamp. Even if they win, it doesn't feel like it. Uh, I've seen that more often than not. Uh, so I'll give Auburn the win there. I'm going to say 82-74 uh, for the Auburn Tigers in the swamp. Uh, and then in terms of other Auburn news or Auburn sports going on around this weekend, Going to go ahead and start. I'm going to go, uh, let's go chronologically. So start off with Auburn Gymnastics, just because they're right there. And just want to let everybody know, Auburn Gymnastics plays Alabama on Friday. Alabama, a top 
10 team, I believe number seven in the country. Auburn has already met them once with that first quad meet of the season in Las Vegas, where Auburn, I believe, had their worst performance of the year against uh, UCLA or against Cal in Alabama. They didn't find a way to beat UCLA in that game, in that meet. Uh, but this is a, this is going to be a true. It's going to be another big test for for Auburn. Uh, you finally put up your your meet high uh, in the last week's quad meet against Temple, Fisk, and Talladega. But now it's time to put up and shut up. Uh, put up or shut up, sorry. Because Auburn basketball just beat Alabama. Auburn women's basketball beat Alabama. It's time for gymnastics to start uh, beating Alabama. Uh, and I, Auburn has the firepower to do it. Uh, it's all about just making sure you're putting up you're putting your best routines forward and doing it through all four sets, uh, vault, beam, floor, bars. Everything needs to be on the money because that's all the gymnastics team is really, really good. I don't know if I'm confident enough to say right now that Auburn's going to win this meet. Uh, I do think it's going to be close. Uh, that Neville Arena uh, magic is always going to be a big one in Neville Arena. And I'm going to tell everybody. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be at this gym meet on Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. I'm going to be there in the standing room uh, enjoying Auburn gymnastics with my girlfriend because we both love Auburn gymnastics. And we'll also probably be around on Saturday or Sunday for Auburn softball as well. And I'll get to that in just a little second. But, yeah, if you see me at the gym meet or the softball game, don't be shy to say, hey, I am always free uh, to meet y'all in public and chat about some Auburn athletics with y'all. Uh, but yeah, Auburn takes on Alabama on February 9th, this Friday at 8 o'clock p.m. Make sure you wear orange if you're going to the meet, and that is going to be rodeo night. So a lot of fun there. Auburn softball is playing this week. Auburn softball is back, and they start the Tiger Invitational on Friday at 1 o'clock p.m. against number 29 Virginia Tech Hokies. Uh, the number, Auburn is currently number 19 in the country. And the Tiger Invitational, they will play Virginia Tech at 1 o'clock p.m. at Jane B. Moore Field. They're going to be playing Belmont at 4 o'clock p.m., same place. Uh, on Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m., they're going to be playing Virginia Tech again. Then Illinois at 4 o'clock on Saturday. And then Sunday, wrapping up the Tiger Invitational with Belmont again at 2 o'clock p.m. Central Standard Time. All of those at Jane B. Moore Field for the Tiger Invitational. If you can't Sorry, my voice. If you cannot tell, I am very excited about the fact that Auburn softball is back. Auburn softball, I'm going to say it, my third favorite sport for Auburn, but I do love them all. Uh, Auburn softball, I do expect this team to be very good. Uh, I think top five in the SEC uh, at the minimum. I, I, this t They picked up the pieces that they needed to pick up in the transfer portal. They have some young guns coming in that are probably they're going to be very good uh, in their career. And I, I just feel like this team has gotten better. Uh, Emma Rolfe is, off, is offering a good uh, depth piece at, behind Shelby Lowe and Maddie Pinta. And Annabelle Weidra is doing the same thing. This team has a chance to be, I don't want to say better than last year's as, as like a roster, but definitely has a chance to do more. Uh, and I can't say that about any team going on, but I'm very confident in this team. I, I, I You can tell by the way that I'm starting over all my words, but Maddie Pinta, I think she's on a redemption tour. Not just because I, she had a bad year last year and trying to get a good one. No, she had a great year last year. But she didn't win Pitcher of the Year. 
I think this is the year that Maddie Pinto wins pitcher of the year because she is, this is like when Daniel Carlson was up for the Lou Groza award for two years and didn't win it, even though he was clearly the best kicker in the country. This is like that. This is the year that Maddie Pinto wins pitcher of the year. And she's going to make every single player, fan, coach, whoever regret the fact that they cheated her out of it. And I mean that through and through. So I I do think Auburn's gonna I don't think Auburn wins all of these. It's kind of hard to win five games in 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 it's kind of hard to go undefeated in a five game slate on in the same weekend. I definitely think they're gonna they're gonna be Belmont. Uh probably sweep Belmont, beat Illinois, and then probably split the series with Virginia Tech. And I, I think that's a pretty good start to the season. But if they do find find a way to go undefeated, which I feel like is very probable, I think I would go one loss undefeated or like one A, one B and most probable things. And I at the very bottom is like losing uh two or more. Uh but yeah, a lot of fun. If you see me at the gym at the gym meet or the softball game again, don't be shy to say hello. And then of course we have Auburn women's basketball going on on Sunday. Go ahead and preview this because we'll be reviewing it on the Sunday live stream. Uh, Auburn's taking on the Missouri Tigers at 1 o'clock p.m. on Sunday. Uh, Missouri currently having women, Missouri women's basketball probably having about the same kind of season that men's basketball is having, except they actually have won some games in the SEC. Missouri, the 12th team in the SEC right now. Auburn hanging around the 10 to 9 range right now. Uh, after a loss to a very, very depressing loss to the Arkansas Razorbacks last year. I think this is a redemption game for the Auburn Tigers. Uh, currently, right now, Missouri has Haley Frank averaging 17, 17.5 points per game and, six and a, 6.7 rebounds per game. Uh, and also a girl that is putting up 39% from the three-point line. They have a couple of girls in that starting rotation that is putting up uh, 39 plus. They have one that's putting up in in Grace Slaughter, averaging 42.3 percent from the three point line. I am very confident, though, that Auburn women's basketball is going to and Coach Jay are going to absolutely pwn the and that is a gamer term uh, are going to absolutely beat the Missouri Tigers because I believe in this defense. Uh, this is an Auburn basketball team that is very good defensively. Both Auburn basketball teams are very good defensively. And Coach Jay has mastered defense uh, with Aunt Scott Grayson and Savannah Scott and Cindy Shaw. Uh, I'm blanking on so many names because I don't have the roster in front of me. Uh, Sunbane, uh, Mingo Young. Just so many of these players on this team are just so good defensively. And you have you have players and like Taylon Collins, who are getting boards, and uh, this team is just so good defensively. I, I cannot stress that enough. This team is so good defensively, and you have players, you have analysts talking about Auburn basketball in uh, being one of the be- like being one of the top defensive teams in the SEC, an SEC that is what that has the likes of South Carolina, and Tennessee, and LSU, and um. Uh, I definitely think Auburn wins this game. I think it's going to be like 66 to, say, 66 to 58. I'll go with that. Because this team, is, this team is special. This team is going to the tournament in March. Auburn is going to have two teams in that tournament. Uh, and this one going to be in the NITs. It's not going to be anything like that. It's going to be both of those teams are going to be the March Madness in 
and, and they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. A lot of uh, Auburn uh, coach Jay is going to have this team very dangerous in March, and it's because that defense is very annoying. It's going to make some <laughs> make some star players very annoyed because uh, we've already seen how special this team can be. We've seen them take down LSU. We've seen them put up a fight against South Carolina. We've seen them take down Alabama as well. So a lot of special, a lot of special things going on this weekend at Auburn Athletics. But that is all I have for today's show. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe because I, we appreciate all the engagement that we do get. I'm Dylan Lark, hey boy, Tank on Twitter slash X, just Twitter. I'm, I, it's force of habit, just Twitter. At hey boy, Tank at what a b o y the tank. Also have an Instagram as well at Dylan Lark at d y l a n l a r c k. And, of course, you have me right here on the College Loop, where, again, you should like, comment, and subscribe. I'm going to say that as many times as possible. Leave your thoughts on Auburn hoops. How did you – what would you grade the Auburn-Alabama game that transpired last night? And, you know, it's kind of hard not to put an A-plus. But what is your prediction for Auburn-Florida? What are your thoughts on this Auburn recruiting class? And what are your predictions for Auburn women's hoops, Auburn gymnastics, and Auburn softball going on this weekend? Be there or be square, you know, kind of thing. So, again, if you see me there, say hey. But, of course, if your tire center faces completely understand it, you have the audio versions of the show as well on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and, of course, Amazon Music. But, of course, all of that being said, War Eagle, uh, make sure to blast Reverse Rammer Jammer as loud as possible. And don't forget the Feeling Loopy T-shirts, where I forgot to mention this before. If you get your shirt... And you go on social media, put on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, you know, any of those. And you use hashtag feeling loopy without the G. Feeling loopy. Uh, we will see it. Tag us in it as well. And we will shout you out on the show for supporting us. So, again, now that I got that out of the way, with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast.